Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. God bless you, get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, my very special guest is a congresswoman from the Virgin Islands, also a fellow Hoya. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But as always, it's a pleasure to speak to Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett. Congresswoman, how are you? I'm doing well, and how are you? How's your family? Everybody's good and, and, yeah. and sound. Even though I'm in the epicenter here in New York, we're, we're okay, thankfully. Oh my gosh, yeah. How are you guys keeping in terms of uh, coordinating space with each other? Well, it's just my son and, and, and I, and so he stays in his space, I stay in mine. Sometimes we just bump into each other in the hallway, and it's best because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to get on his nerves. Uh, and everything. How's your family? How are you all doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Um, um, We're blessed. The Virgin Islands, we have um, not as many cases per capita as other places. Um, We've kind of peaked at 69. Um, It's been that way for a minute now. Um, We've had six uh, individuals who have passed from this, Mm -hmm. Um, and half of that was one family. So, you know, and it, we don't really see that there's a lot of community um, trait. We've been doing community tracing, but we haven't seen it being spread in the community. It's been primarily people who have traveled or people who are healthcare workers getting it. Yeah. 
I was actually on a Zoom call Monday night with Sir Hillary Beckles of Caracol. Uh -huh. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that and, is. Yes, yes, indeed. That is the man. Mm -hmm. But he talked about how CARICOM and other Caribbean nations kind of, you know, jumped on this early. Unlike the United States, they were informed, they saw what was happening in China, and they started doing things. And he seems to think that's why it's been kept down there. I mean, they're not out yeah. of the woods, but that, that's what he said. I was a little concerned in the Virgin Islands because we did not take as drastic steps as some of our other uh, Caribbean nations did. You know, some countries, they just locked everything down yeah for two weeks you cannot leave your home we'll give you a date when you can go grocery shopping um and that will be based on your last name and other than that you're home and they've been able to really we've been really able to keep it down and i think part of it is that you know so much of what could be coming in was shut off when we stopped the airports <clears throat> as well as closing the hotels right right so right. no one had a place to stay um, and I think a lot of that fear and um, the initial just drive to do that was because our healthcare systems are so fragile anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the notion of us having, a, a, you know, an influx of patients in a hospital was terrifying in the Virgin Islands, considering that we had still not recovered from the hurricanes and our hospitals were not in any shape to be able to take a, a large um, drove of, of patients. Yeah, I, um, you know, there was also, I also know there was the, uh, one of the, the prime ministers, I can't remember who it was, a woman, had a vow. From St. Martin. That's right. And she had a vow of it, oh, should y'all stay home, you don't need to be out, <laughs> just, <laughs> she was great, she was hilarious. Well, Mark, I'm going to have to send you this, there's one with her telling people, because she's one of the ones who said, okay, we're going to treat this like hurricane, you're locked, go get your groceries until Wednesday. And after that, it is shut down for two weeks. Right. And people were complaining, and she went off on them. Yeah. yeah. Then, you know, all of this is our carnival season. That's right. This is what we right. would have been doing for carnival. That's and right. it seems that, you know, some people decided to go out and pretend, and they were pretending like COVID wasn't around and wanted to have a juve, which is, you know, a four in the morning kind of mashup. Just, it's a little wild. Yeah. And yeah. had that in St. Martin, and she went off. Yeah, she did, and and rightfully so, rightfully so. But you know, I I pointed that out to my kids. They they were not surprised by that. You know, us West Indian women, <laughs> we'll come down like a hammer on you. I know that's right. I know that's right. Um, but but before we leave the Virgin Islands, just because I know we want to talk about some things in the states, and one of the things is is um, is food insecurity. Mm -hmm. So so as a result of the the discipline in the Virgin Islands. Has that affected food security at all, good or bad? I mean, do people well, have- I mean, our prices are pretty high now as it is. Um, so much of what we eat and consume, um, clothing, other things are imported. Um, and with the scarcity in the United States, that meant that the prices went up somewhat for that. Okay. We've been really working in the last, I'd say five to 10 years um, pretty much since our oil, uh, we have an oil refinery that closed from 2012 and just started back up. But from 2012, people have really put an enormous emphasis on farming once again. Mm. Um, we have a lot of people, a lot of very, very small farmers. And so the notion of farm to table is something that we've been working on anyway. And this just 
emphasize the importance of that in yeah. the Virgin Islands, that we have got to be able to create a supply of food that should something happen, we can be self-sustaining for a period of time. So do you mean to say that in the Virgin Islands, you all, in terms of having that conversation and getting that going, y'all might be a little bit ahead of us here in the United States? Yes, in terms of having the conversation. I mean, our local legislature- I, mean, I, I shouldn't say been, United States, I should say in, in, in these, in the continent. I hear you. Right, right, I'm sorry. I hear you. I don't, so, I don't want to sound like Trump. Like I know, I know, <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, on the mainland, we okay. have been having conversations about that. Um, our, the other thing we've been trying to do is figure out how do we have, we can't produce everything, so how do we have um, goods coming in, drive down the cost of shipping by have something going out as well. Mm -hmm. And so we've been talking about food processing plants. Um, and, you know, we're not going to be able to grow as many mangoes as Guatemala or Nicaragua, but we could create fancy foods and branding that would allow us to have something going up as well. So that's something that we've really been working on. Yeah. Um, as well as having our Meals on Wheels program, our school lunch programs have some components that are locally grown food. Okay, that's, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. So as far as the mainland is concerned, though, I know you have been involved in, in deliberations and discussions around uh, food insecurity. Yeah. Um, and let's face it, I, I know we're, we're behind on that. We are. You know, what's um, unfortunate about this is I'm on the Agriculture Committee. And um, in 2018, when we passed the Farm Bill, there was a component of that that was to give funding to USDA to stand up a distribution center should a pandemic happen, or should we be cut off from food supplies so that the farmers have a conduit to get food supplies to food banks and other locations. That, of course, they did not do that um, in the time frame that we had requested, and so now they're scrambling. Um, we have uh, conversations that we're going to have. Um, just had a conversation with Jim Clyburn. <clears throat> you know, he is now the chair of the special select committee that is reviewing um, the pandemic and how it is being rolled out, and they are meeting with the vendors who receive um, the contracts to be able to be the distributors for this food system to see if they really have the capacity to do that. And we'll be reporting back to the American people. I think part of this is just letting Americans know what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, and we found that when people are aware and the information gets out, then the administration does something about it. Okay. So with regard to, you know, myself, um, Marsha Fudge have language in this CARES Act to create a food box program that would give an additional 25 billion to ensure that food gets to children, food gets to urban areas, food gets to um, our elders and those that need it. You know, Mark, one of the most amazing statistics I've learned is that um, of 60%, so of women 65 and older, um, 60% of black women in that age group live 200% below the poverty line. Mm. So 60%, mm. more than half of black women over 65 um, live with food insecurity. And we know that that's gonna have, um, there's a great correlation between that and you know, your high risk for being uh, found positive of the of COVID virus and becoming ill 
or becoming one of those individuals who uh, get ill and really have um, very bad reaction and, you know, have real health problems. Yeah, um, um, that is, is something. I mean, Black women in general mm-hmm. are being disproportionately affected by this, aren't they? Well, we know that Black men seem to get more ill than Black women. But we know that Black women, uh, you know, are the top three jobs that we have in this country are nurses' aides, mm-hmm. grocery store clerks, um, cashiers, and in customer service. So we know that those are the people that we are going to see. I mean, Hispanic women as well, you know, we find that they are more often than not the cleaners in hotels, um, in large buildings. We're the ones who are on the front line, along with black men. You know, even those of us who have good blue collar jobs, right? I think about my dad who was a New York City cop, right? Mm-hmm. Or it was, it was a great thing when someone got a job with sanitation. We that's knew right. that was going to be, right? That's, that's right. a great job in New York City. But more often than not, those are people of color, those that are living in the really working middle class right now. Yeah. And, and in, in at least one of those categories you mentioned, or a couple of them, Mm-hmm. Talk about the service industry, customer service, and whatnot. If we're disproportionately those employed, right. we're also disproportionately, if we're not getting sick, those whose jobs have been most at risk of being lost. Very true, Mark. And not only are we at risk of being the ones being laid off, um, and we also have not been making enough money that we can hold or retain any funding to take us through for a couple of months. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think numbers tell it all. Um, single white men have about $29,000 saved. Single white women have about $15,000 um, saved up. Black women have 200 And Hispanic women have $100 saved. Yeah. Yeah. That means we are living on the margins. Yeah. And therefore, we're going to be unable to sustain. I mean, think about this unemployment. Congress passed really comprehensive unemployment, made sure that there was an additional $600 a week to ensure that people could almost have the salary that they made. But, you know, if you have to wait three weeks for the unemployment to kick in or six weeks for unemployment, what happens to you during that time period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just fall through the cracks. You don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Lord knows how many of, of the women we're talking about are really the breadwinner in the family. Sure, the sure. Household. So then that affects the children and it just, it sure. just down. Because about more than 50% of Black homes are headed by um, a single woman. And of that group, over 45% are living in poverty. Yeah, yeah. Um, an interesting statistic though, you know, Mark, I always find fascinating is that in the Virgin Islands, we have a higher percentage than on the mainland of Black men who are heads of household, um, single men living and raising their children on their own. Um, yeah. But that's very interesting. I think um, you know part of it for us is we have a really extensive support system. Mm-hmm. So if you're a single male and you have children, you may be living with your mother or your parents who are also helping you. You know, we still are a multi-generational home yeah. um, where we have elders living in there. Um, and so I think that may be part of it as well. Indeed, indeed. Um, so it, it, a bill just passed 
I know you always are, you all are always looking at, at more legislation. And Lord, right. knows there's much more that needs to be done. You know what's what's interesting, Mark, is that we have passed the bill. Um, we finally said, you know, what? we're not going to wait for Mitch McConnell to put something out because then we're always trying to add more onto what he puts out because it's going to be the bare minimal and it's going to be what supports um, his constituency, um, meaning big business or, you know, his boss, Mr. Trump. Right. So we wanted to put our own bill out to be able to negotiate from there. And not only did we put money that, uh, you know, for more food uh, funding for food security, um, more funding for uh, hazardous pay for those who are on the front line, uh, additional funding for states and localities, uh, municipal governments, because we know that those loss of revenues that they have mean that there are loss of services to the people that are living there. Uh, and then, you know, including extending the time of unemployment and then making corrections and things that we saw that went wrong. For example, you know, we gave, uh, we said that if you had a federally backed mortgage, that you could get up to six months forbearance on your mortgage payments. And the, many of the mortgage companies were like, okay, we'll do that. But then you got to pay it the day after um, in the next payment. And that's not logical. So we had things like extending that onto the back end of the mortgage when you receive it, um, little smaller components like that. But you know, during this time period, we still have the appropriations process going on. Mm -hmm. uh, we're coming up to the time period where we have to reappropriate money for all of the other programs that go on um, in this country. And so, I mean, our staffs are amazing. Um, the work because not only are we um, involved in what's happening with this pandemic, putting money in for testing, looking at this new vaccine, um, other things, you know, making sure that there's rapid testing, but want to make sure that there's funding for schools, for roads, um, for all the other things for our military that we would be doing in a regular cycle as well. And, and that's, that's very good. Um, you know, also I noticed that you all have come up with a plan uh, to to vote remotely, uh, yes. to hold hearings remotely, mm -hmm. and, and and on the latter, does that mean that? And we starting to see see some hearings. Will we see even more hearings going forward now? You will. Holding, you will holding this administration accountable because they're out of control, completely mm -hmm. out of control. We will be having more hearings. Um, we'll see if it means that they are going to respect the separate branch of government that is Congress and appear at those hearings. Um, you know, I think a prime example of them not doing that was what happened during the impeachment hearings, um, what led up to the investigation leading up to impeachment. Um, so we'll see if they honor that. I think it was a long time coming for us to be allowed to not only vote, but at least have hearings remotely. But I will say that, uh, that something is lost when we're not having discussions with one another face to face and you're there with other members, catching them on the floor to discuss matters. Um, you know, everything happening on by via phone or as we're doing now um, with Zoom or um, Microsoft Teams or WebEx or whatever uh, um, platform you're using, something is lost in that. And so, you know, uh, I'm hoping for us to come to a place where we have sufficient testing. Um, people are being able to, we're able to do the tracing and uh, we're moving towards a vaccine so that in more circumstances we can be together to actually have that interaction and get work done. Are you also, like many of us, 
concerned about prematurely ending some of these yes, lockdowns? I am. I am. I mean, you know, I, I'm afraid of what may happen. It's getting warm. People want to go out. Uh, they want to be involved in stuff. You know, uh, you saw my daughter a little earlier and she's the, we call her the COVID police in the house because we saw some neighbors, um, you know, putting out a grill and it was definitely more than 10 people. My girl wanted to call the cops on them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's that concern that we're going to open up, it's going to cause a spike, and then we're going to be right back where we are. And we're going to lose all the ground that we made um, to try and tamp this down. I mean, Mark, you're in New York. You guys have done an amazing job there of ensuring that the hospitals were not overwhelmed, the healthcare workers were not overwhelmed, that we did not unnecessarily put our elders and those in high-risk groups um, in danger. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we need to keep this down so that, and do what's necessary so that our children can get back to some normalcy in the fall. Um, potentially there can be school and um, we are not losing too much in, in their learning and their growing in that respect. Indeed, indeed. Um, so I also want to mention you just had a you just had a birthday, didn't you? Oh, yes. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> I am a complete Taurus. Every stereotype you think of with the bull, that is me. Oh, really? That's what I've been told. I own it. I own it. You know, everyone's like, oh, you guys are so stubborn. You guys, you know, don't move, move, uh, you know, you take a lot and then you blow up. I'm like, that's, that's the bad side. But the good side is we're incredibly loyal. Okay. We okay. are grounded <laughs> kind of people. So uh, right. I think that's a good part. Oh, well, happy birthday to you. Thank you. Uh, also, so a as a Hoya now, let me just ask uh, you. I was going to ask you, what's going on with our basketball team? Well, um, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it is, it is. But, but. You know, there are a lot of interesting things happening, frankly, uh -huh. Congresswoman. And ha have you been following the last dance and Oakley's comments and, and all of that? I, you know, I have not. I've heard about the last dance, um, but it's interesting because, you know, I'm not really a Michael Jordan person. Well, yeah, because you're at Hoy and you, Patrick, you in person, right? Like the rest <laughs> of them. But not only that, um, you know, I. I feel like to whom much is given, much is required. Thank you. Thank you. And um, with your gifts and your talents come responsibilities, and that responsibility proportional to that gift extend beyond you. And I look at people like, you know, very quietly how Patrick Ewing does work um, in the Virgin Islands, our own Tim Duncan. Nobody is a greater support than Tim Duncan in terms of helping people. Um, you know, just in this pandemic, he put out a call when the universities and the colleges closed, he and his foundation put out a call, if you are a Virgin Islander and you need to get home, call us and we will make sure that your airfare is taken care of so that you wow. can get home to your family. Wow. wow. Yeah, you look at what LeBron James, Kevin Durant, did you see that documentary about PG County? Yes, I did, I did, I did. Um, just those kinds of things, I just feel that proportional to um, the work that you've had, you have to stand up for things like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know? Yeah, right. Well, well, to that point, you probably missed it since you were watching, and then I, I'm going to relate it to, to, to Hoyas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in the documentary, The Last Dance, and I'm surprised they left it in the documentary. Okay. But they did the story, of course, when Harvey Gantt 
asked Michael to take a picture with him or his campaign did, and he refused. He said, Republicans buy my sneakers too. Mm-hmm. Barack mm-hmm. Obama, President Obama says in the documentary that even he, and he's a Chicagoan, even he was disappointed mm-hmm. in Michael Jordan. I mean, I was surprised that they left that yeah, in. He usually tries to stay pretty neutral. Yeah, right. And, and, but that even Michael, who was you know, involved in the production, left it in. Because we've only had one black president. And to have him say, you should have supported Harvey. Wow. But, wow. but what's interesting is, in terms of what's happening with our Hoyas, it's not only you know, some of the departures that have happened. Uh, and, and I commend Patrick for the earlier departures. There was some, uh, some questions about some of the guy's behavior. Mm-hmm. He did not hesitate to act. And, and this is the, the Me Too climate we're in. But the the McClung departure to me is peculiar because it coincides, uh, and, and you may have missed this since you're not watching the documentary. There's a lot of, of pre- there's as much press about Patrick as about Michael, because Oakley is generating this this meme, and he's doing all these interviews saying that Jordan beat the Knicks because mm-hmm. Patrick was not playing well enough. And their media, especially here in New York, New York Post, which I don't know if they've ever cared much about Patrick Ewing, have been just, you know, lambasting Patrick with this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, wait a minute, how did the Michael Jordan documentary end up being a referendum on Pat? Jordan beat everybody. Right. You know, you know he beat, you know, and then the documentary talks, talking about Gary Payton and Charles Barkley, right. uh, 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 all the guys that he beat. But somehow or another, it is it's such so much of a bigger deal. So why is, it, what do you think that's really about? Well, to be very honest with you, to be candid, uh-huh. I don't know, but th- this is just a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a relationship between Mac McClung, who just left, most mm-hmm. probably, between his new agent mm-hmm. and, and Charles Oakley. Oh, interesting. And, and to me, it's almost like a perfect storm of, mm-hmm. of, of PR mm-hmm. that may be meant to be harmful to Pat- Patrick. And that's just my hypothesis. Well, you know, as... as um... In politics, there's always like three layers. <laughs> right, right. Behind the actions that actually occur. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and listen, I, you know, people will always talk about to me um, here in Washington. Oh, you know, um, other members of Congress are like, oh, you know, our team did this or our team did that, <laughs> and I'm like, never mind. Let let me tell you what, Georgetown. Georgetown was good to me. And if you look around this Congress, uh, the majority of the staff and many of the members went to Georgetown. That's right. That's right. Um, That's right. So That's right. we're about the education, not necessarily about the sports. Yeah. Sport was just an incredible um, uh, co- additional component of it. Uh, but, you know, when we were there, I mean, I was there during the Patrick Ewing years, and people thought that we were a black university. Right, sure did, sure did. Everybody <laughs> thought it was a black school, black coach, right. Patrick. But, right. but, but, but there's some good. The other reality is, and what's not being reported, there's some very good guards that are coming in, mm-hmm. and and McClung was going to have to find a way to fit in there, and they told him, "You got to go somewhere and start point guard if you're going to be in the NBA," and so that's why. On the surface, it looks like he left, and whether he'll land somewhere where he'll have the same opportunities and be, you know, he had the rock in Georgetown. Patrick gave it to him, so you know, it's just one of those things. But I think we'll be okay. I, I think we'll be okay, and we'll be okay. able to file Hoyas. Okay. Well, uh, also one other thing. Now, do I see this correctly? You are on May twenty third. Is this Saturday? Uh, uh-huh. Facebook Live. Oh yes, with Stacy. Uh, yeah. 
So and, during during the pandemic, I have, um, you know, everyone's home. And so I started this Saturday morning Facebook Live. It's only 30 minutes. Um, and initially it was just me talking about what I was doing, sharing information about legislation that was going on. Um, and then it's expanded and I've had guests on. Um, I had Natori Naughton, who's Tasha on power. Yes. Her family is from the Virgin Islands, and she and I struck up a friendship, so we were talking about that. She was really good about not giving us any spoilers on her new show, okay. the starting the sequel to uh, Power. And Ayanna Presley, one of my favorite younger sisters in Congress, was there. And then this week, we are going to talk about mental health, because we know that that's really an issue that is being exacerbated as people are home and during this pandemic. People are having to go to tele-therapy um, if they were not before. People, we know that 30 million Americans have lost their jobs, their livelihood, the pressure and stress that that puts on families. Even, you know, I have friends, lawyers, who are having to take a haircut on their salary. Yeah. Um, you know, firms are trying to do what's necessary to contract during this time period. So we really wanted to focus on mental health. So um, we have two younger people who are involved in this space. You know, I want to provide a platform for new people to be uh, heard from. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about mental health. And then two weeks later, I'm actually going to talk to a couple of people that I know who have been positive, COVID positives. Mm. Okay, okay. And what that experience was like. Because for some of us, you know, it's kind of a, it's theoretical and esoteric, but we don't really know someone who has actually been through it. Um, and both of these individuals are very, very healthy, strong, active, athletic, and they were put down by this COVID-19 mm. um, virus and what that was like and what it was like to go through it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. So folks, uh, Facebook Live on the 23rd of May, um, is will be the next one. Coffee with the Congresswoman, coffee with Stacey Plaskett. Uh, mental health and COVID, we invite you to check that out as well. Uh, Congresswoman, we look forward to uh, talking to you even more. We're at your disposal. Keep up the great work and all the important Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. You take care and don't don't get on your son's nerves, please. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, I, I give him all the space in the world. He, sometimes he didn't even know I'm here. I'm avoiding him. So, <laughs> you know, he, he and you, you are Taurus. He's a Gemini. So that's a whole thing. Oh, oh my, my youngest is a Gemini. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, so Three, I'm, four times a day. Right. Yeah. After Layla. I, 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 he's, yeah, I just like, whatever. <laughs> Thank you, Congresswoman. Thank you. Take care. Oh, all right. You too. Take care now. All right. Bye bye. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our door. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.